Not yet. We will be in second. We are now. Hey, everybody. Oh. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. We're live now. I hit the wrong button initially. So if uh, before we get into anything, just want to make sure everybody likes, subscribes, hits the notification bell, and uh, that boosts our numbers, which is always a good thing. And that means more people are watching, which is also a good thing. Um, any thoughts before we get rolling? I got uh, an interesting conversation set up, but anything on the top of your guys' head that uh, you want to get off into the world? Nope. Good to go. Ace Punch good? it. You good, Ace? I'm always good, man. Oh, that's the right Today's answer. Okay, so today we're going to talk about anonymity. Ooh, I know it's oh. super special. And the reason I want to talk about it today is the fact that I like uh, it. I, I was thinking back to when I first got in the army and the advice that my granddad gave me when I told him I was joining up and I was like, I'm super excited. I'm going to go join the army. It's going to be awesome. And he's like, I got two pieces did of you advice. Did move like that? I did. Okay. And, <laughs> and, uh, he he, he told, should have given you some more advice. Yeah. Well, the two pieces of advice he gave me was, first off, join the Air Force. And I was like, what? I'm joining the army. Why would I do should that? walk like, straight out of the room. He's like, you get to sleep inside. And I was like, but I like sleeping outside. Anyway, um, that was the first part I kind of dismissed. The next one, he said, never volunteer for anything and i was like what why and he's like because then the instructors know who you are and i was like but aren't they supposed to <laughs> like isn't that part of it and then through you know through my time in uh people tried to be the gray man people tried to be that guy that just you know skated under the level of the instructors they weren't called upon regular they weren't um tasked to do anything more difficult and i always wondered about it because it it seems like it's a safety thing in terms of like i don't want to put myself out there in order to fail but at the same time there's going to be places and times in life where you want a level of and a level of anonymity where you don't want it to be you know hey, hey look at me i'm wandering around you know like if uh, my brother went when my brother went to korea you know, he's six foot eight and he was walking around Korea. He was a celebrity just by him walking, just by the nature of his size in that locale. And he didn't like it because people stopped and asked for pictures and wanted to talk to him and laughed at him and pointed at him, and giggled at him because he was an oddity in that realm. So I wondered what you guys' thoughts were on anonymity, on um, wanting to be anonymous or not wanting to be anonymous, being in the limelight versus not being in the limelight. What are you guys' thoughts? Sean, you want to start? Yeah, sure. Why not? So I guess I've had a good chunk of my life where I've tried to be anonymous. And there was times in my military career where I tried to be anonymous. And there's times when I had to be anonymous. And so wanting to and having to are two different things would be my first point. Mm -hmm. And so how do you establish that? Well, if you're not in a system or a structure or an institution that is helping you clarify wants and needs on anonymity, if you're just an individual wandering down the sidewalk, running your program in your office cubicle thinking, do I need to be anonymous? Do I want to be anonymous? That's a way different conversation than the military, first mm -hmm. of all. And the second thing is, whether you're in the military or not, you're on the sidewalk or not is immaterial. It, 
it's kind of a almost a core question that you should be asking yourself, not on the regular, but from time to time to better define the future direction that you're heading in. And so I'll clarify what I just said by illustrating that the grayer you are, the easier you can move through the world. But by moving easily through the world, you don't create as many ripples. And it's ripples that change the world. Mm -hmm. And so I've tried to find the right balance, still seeking it, don't have it yet. The right balance between anonymity and creating ripples. That's my first thought. Mm, that's a tough one. Eighth? Uh, context matters. <laughs> yeah. Um, so for me, I'm an intensely private person. Uh, as everyone's probably figured out, uh, Ace Johnson is not my real name. Um, I don't like using my real name. And only recently did I really start showing my face because it was easier for instructional videos. Um, I do not like people knowing who I am that I don't know. Um, and for me, for whatever reason, when people meet me, they tend to remember me forever. So is that her, buddy? Yeah, it must be, right? <laughs> so for whatever reason that is, whether it's that I look like a guy who should have the name Melvin or some boy, boy band washout or whatever, right? So I don't enjoy having a public persona at all. Um, mm. And I'm an intensely private person. Um, caused me a great deal of problems in my relationships because you will never see a picture of me with somebody that matters to me in some type of family or intimate way. You'll never see a picture of it. it just doesn't happen. Um, and that's as much for them as it as it as it is for me. So cause it by I find anonymity to the important enough to the point that it cause I'm willing to let it cause me problems in my relationships. Mm. Um, and at kind of a certain point, there is the public you and there's the private you. Uh, Sean, you're talking about like if you're just skating through an office cubicle or whatever. I mean, chances are you don't need to make need to make much of an effort. Uh, you probably already are. Mm -hmm. um, if you're doing high profile shit, um, you know, um, depending on what that looks like, uh, are you doing it for the right reasons? A lot of people trying to chase fame and fortune, um, whether it's being an you know an edge lord or something like that, can wind up doing some stuff that scuttles their career. Mm -hmm. right? Like there are things that I could say online that would definitely affect me in my in my you know my bruce wayne gig yeah it will definitely affect me in the real world so there's a lot of people who kind of want to be internet famous um and there's plenty of examples we could list where that causes them a lot of problems um, and people chasing that that 15 minutes of fame or whatever that looks like trying to be some type of an edge lord or whatever i mean you can go through and look back there's tales as old as the hills um of of people flying too close to the sun. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, this is why I want to talk about it too, because it's a slippery slope, right? I, I know lots of people Here, that are. Sorry, pal. Yeah, I just got to interject it. The slippery slope is terminology that I don't understand. Edgelord hmm. could be literally anything. What does that even mean? I, I don't know. An edgelord. So an edgelord is somebody that's trying to have that, like that, you know, real quippy dank remark. That's going to get some type of reaction. Right. So, and, and, and at the time it might get some, some lulls, some laughs from the boys, but the internet never forgets. Mm -hmm. And so there's stuff that I may say when we're hanging out that 
I would never say online ever yeah. because that taken out of context later on can be a big problem. So people trying to oh, go, Oh boy, through, I'm in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when, when you go through and you look at some of the stuff that people are, are putting out there, it's like, yeah, well, maybe in 10 years, I want to run for public office. Yeah. You know? And you know, me calling chance, I'm a sugar and talking about how he lacks the chutzpah to really do what he needs to. That may not edge that, that just may not age. well. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so getting into, yeah. like a lot of people don't really understand, especially with online, there's a certain, there's a certain level of sophistication you need to understand in how um, social dynamics work and the things that you say now can affect you 10, 15 years later. And I mean, things, things change, right? What might not be kind of edgy or fairly benign now, me having, you know, being a professional opinion haver can wind up being quite detrimental later. Yeah. And you go through and you look at like, you ever talk to somebody in their 90s about race or religion? <laughs> Holy shit. So like, we're going to watch the language. Yeah. Just so you know. strike two. Oh, Third yeah. one, a little hatch door opens up underneath <laughs> you and you disappear. Okay. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And, yeah, and not go. 10 to 15 years from now. And not 10 to 15 years from now. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, the, you know, the, there's a great story about this. And uh, I thought it was kind of hilarious at the time. It was actually a comedian talking about this. And back in like 2016, 2015, 2016, something like that, there was a, a basketball team owner down in the States. He was in the NBA, uh, owned one of the NBA teams. And he had tweeted something mildly racist. I, I don't even remember what it was tweeted, but it was, it was big, big news. People were freaking out. How can this person own a basketball team and have all this money and be racist. And the, the comedian was like, well, he's like in his nineties. Of course he's going to be racist. Like He grew up when there was segregation. Like he comes from a different time. And so his thought processes are going to be different. And the best thing that we can hope for is to look back or to look at the people who are elders at this point and go, Hey, look, we have progressed. <laughs> like if we find what they are saying distasteful, we have progressed in some way. <laughs> That's a good thing, at least in my mind. Um, but you're right, because the internet doesn't forget. Once something's up there, it is there. And doesn't matter what you thought of the time period, people's opinions are going to be in the moment rather than thinking back on like, oh, well, this happened in the 1950s. Actually, we saw, um, we watched the Aristocats a little while ago with my boys. <sighs> Great little movie, right? But right at the beginning, which I've never seen before, was a big disclaimer that was like, um, so you know there are scenes in this movie that could be thought of as racist. We cannot censor time. <laughs> that the, some, of the, uh, some of the depictions in this movie will not relate to today's medium. Mm. Viewer discretion is advised. And I was like, really? But then we got into some of the movies and man... There were some overtly, highly racist portrayals of uh, of different ethnicities throughout the whole movie. <laughs> uh, had I not seen that, I think, ahead of time, I don't know if I would have even really noticed it because I've seen the movie a hundred times. You but can, it was the fact that it jogged it. You can go through and... Like this guy's name, his name is Robert Anton Wilson. He talks about the thinker thinks the prover proves. 
So if I am going through and looking to find things to be offended about, if I'm looking for racism, I'll see racism everywhere. Yeah. Right. So, and and there's some things where it's just, that's the way it is. Like you could go through and watch, you know, the Hobbit or the Lord of the Rings and like, and, and there's a scene where they're, where they're at the bank and the depictions of what bankers are. And you go through and you look at those, you look at that depiction and contrast it against propaganda out of the 1930s in Germany. And you're just like, Oy vey, you know? <laughs> so it's like, how much time do we want to spend being offended? Yeah. Right? Like I can go through and look for, look to find something to be offended about and be professionally offended. And there are people out there that do that. I'm sure it's a full life for them. Right. Yeah. So, well, then here's the, the real trick is the ability to stay anonymous in a digital world. Because, you know, with social media, especially what it, at least in my mind, what it's designed for is to keep people connected, right? I get to hang out with people that I've known for many years, or I get to meet new people, I get to expand my ideas, I get to learn new things. That seems like a good community builder. But in order to engage in it, I have to relinquish some of my anonymity. Sure. Right? I have to give up an email address, or I have to give up some sort of personal information in order to be involved in it. And then the real question there lies is, is it worth it? What do you guys think? Well, let me throw my two cents in. I don't care. <laughs> I literally don't care. Yeah. And someone asked me this a long time ago when, I don't know, 20 years ago or whatever. And they said, uh, Hey, Sean, you know, uh, will you ever talk about being in JTF too? And I said to him, maybe, maybe not. And he said, because I was putting out content a long time ago, not about the teams, obviously, not really about the army either. It was just me riding a bike with my family or me riding a bike. And, and uh, you know, to the point here, I'll get to it in a sec in respect to whether there's photos of my family on the internet or not, photos of the inside of my house, photos of my dog. Bring it. Freaking bring it. Whoever's out there concerned about oh now i know where he lives yeah you do show up on my front porch and so i have zero concerns about what i say i have zero concerns about what i said 10 years ago i have zero concerns about what i said 20 years ago and here's why and chance how many times have you heard me say this do your best do your best and you'll have no regret and so i do not pre-strategically plan my wife or my life 15 years from now or 10 years from now or five years from now or five minutes from now. I do my best right now. And whatever the topic is, anonymity, whatever we're talking about, I'll talk about it in an open, courageous way about what I think, not what I'm presupposing will happen in the future. And I'm not throwing you under the bus for your discussion about maybe public figure or maybe politics or whatever. I, I don't care what I said 10 years ago, because if someone wants to push back at me about what I said 10 years ago, I'll look them square in the eye and say, that's what I thought then when I was doing my best. Please do your best to convince me otherwise. You can't? Okay. Now change my opinion. You did? Thank you. 
what else do we have to talk about? Let's talk about that stuff. And I'll spend a half a day with them talking about whatever they want to talk about. No one can push back on me for anything that I say today because I'm doing my best today. And no one can say, well, Sean, what you said uh, is never going to allow you to be in politics. Let me be very clear. I'll never be in politics. <laughs> now, that's my never. And they say, never say never. But I did, because I've been saying year after year, you will never get me into that clown show. But who knows, three years from now, someone could twist my arm and say, you're going to run for, you know, the underling of whatever. And, and somehow they might confuse me enough to believe that that's what I should do. And maybe I do. And then three years from now, somebody says, remember that day when you're on that live chat on the collective and you said anonymity and you misspelled it or you misspoke it or you miss whatever. Did I? Sorry about that. How else can I do better? Now, what are we going to talk about? So I don't care about being anonymous anymore because I've come to understand through all of the anonymous life that I've lived that it doesn't change the world very much. Mm hmm. That's a very good point. You And as you said, if you're anonymous, you cannot make ripples. You cannot engage. I say this a lot about politics, too, is that it's very difficult to enact any sort of change or get anything to happen differently if you're not involved in the system. If you are outside the system, you can't actually re-engage the system because you're no longer in it. And to your point, Chance... The only freaking reason I'm in front of this microphone right now is because everyone asked me to cause change. And how am I supposed to do that if I'm not being authentically hitting on topics? I don't want to be doing this nonsense. Well, now I do, because now I realize how important it is. But when I started, you could have all just like left me alone. And now that I'm in the game being authentic and not being anonymous, if I'm going to spend a second of my life doing something and it requires me to be public guess what i'm public baby and the moment that i can ditch this and go back to being anonymous well that's what i'll do to the best of my ability as well but whatever i'm in is going to get my maximum effort and right now it's mm -hmm. public so it's getting its ass kicked and i don't mean i'm going to be inflammatory or incendiary or whatever in word you want to use i'm just going to be authentic and if I'm annoying anyone, my apologies. I'm not trying to offend you, but you're getting my real time, doing my best. And if it offends you, hit me up on the DM and say, Sean, why did you say that? And I'll explain. Hmm. That's a great point. Any thoughts, Dave? Well, and, and to that, right? Like you aren't being inflammatory and you aren't being incendiary, right? You're giving rational responses for things. Uh, for me, the only reason I have any type of online presence is because I'm essentially managing a brand, right? Yeah. So I don't discuss publicly anything that is not related somehow to my brand, right? So unless it's related to self-sufficiency or, you know, self-improvement or being your best fitness, um, unless it's something somehow related to what it is I'm doing, right? Like it's, it's not, it's not what people are tuning in for. And so I spare them that. That's a fair point. Yeah. Um, and I think to your point, there's a lot of people that um, they're trying to be inflammatory or incendiary online. They're trying to be that edge lord. They're trying to, you know, 
be a little verbose or brash. And like, there's, I can think of a few examples where people have lost their jobs and they were not public figures. They were right. Like their, their HR caught wind of them right, walking by the news camera and mouthing the wrong thing. And it resulted in them losing their, losing their job. There's like a SAS power or SAS or Sastel employee in, uh, the, a couple of years back that probably a decade ago that was saw on a newscast doing that. And they're like, he lost his job. He lost his career because of a moment of being ridiculous. The funny thing, I guess not really the funny thing, the, the odd thing about this is, is that it used to be cheeky and kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. Like you'd see some high school kids in the background of a, breakfast news segment right and they'd all be like yeah ah they'd have fun and it was it was never really anything uh it didn't it didn't destroy or uh break down the image that was trying to be portrayed right which is it wasn't very edgy it wasn't very edgelordish exactly the word of the day i quite like it i like it too um and just so we we got a one vote for you there sean for overlord office there you go one party um you know what? We should start the Overlord Party. That would just be amazing. <laughs> Don't even get me involved. <laughs> hey, listen um, to your point. Yeah. So you talked about that, and that's a great. Uh, I'd like to build off it because this is the thought that popped into my head when you said that. Yeah, there was a time when that used to be the case, and you know there was a time when it used to be freaking cool because it was fun. And then you know what happened? The Edge Lorders showed up, and they just wanted to keep elevating the nonsense. It turned mm-hmm. from this. What's up? And then it turned to everyone just competing and trying to outflare each other mm-hmm. until someone has the lats of oil drum lats. And now they're showing up to outdo everyone. And it just gets more and more outrageous until it crosses the line to distasteful, mm-hmm. until it crosses the line to offensive. And that's what happens. And you know why it happens? Because you've heard me say this lots. No one is putting people in check. Yeah. Everyone is letting the hallway pass pass. And I don't I don't give out hallway passes for anyone. And that's why I've peeled so many freaking potatoes. And so I feel that it's just that evolutionary process of edge lords out edging each other until now it's offensive and it's being allowed to occur. Mm, that is a great point. Any, any you want to add on that? Uh I understand. Yeah. I understand. It's a, uh, it's, this is where I was talking about slippery slope earlier is that once you allow something, once you let it happen, then in order to be noticed, you have to <laughs> go above it. You have to go beyond it. You have to do something. And this is also in, in change. This is where you see in revolutions over the years, you know, most revolutionaries when they first start or most revolutions when they first start are things of ideas and we should have this and people should be able to do these things. And then those get edged out by people who are now yelling. And then the the yellers get out uh, volumed by the screamers and then Mm -hmm. you can't scream any louder. So what do you got to do? You got to do something, do something more outrageous. And then it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, I, I listened to a podcast a while ago about the civil rights movement down in the U S in the sixties. And, you know, it started with a lot of, you know, uh, sit-ins and, 
walking protests and nonviolent things and then it slowly morphed into yelling and then it slowly morphed into screaming and then it slowly morphed into violence and then and you start to see that also nowadays which is a bit of a challenge so yeah, how do we how do we bring it back down like are we calling people out on the street and just be like yo you can't do that dude i do yeah yeah, and, and I do it on the internet as well. In fact, I did it not too long ago, just about a month ago. Some bonehead, actually, you know him, Chance, uh, was chirping all up and, and, you know, trying to razz me up in either in my DMs or in comments or whatever. And then he added me in a comment to some goof across Canada whose title is actually whatever, Canadian alpha male, uber alpha male, I think it was. Something I mean, like it's that. ridiculous what that guy's putting <laughs> out. And, and here was my thought. Is this actually happening right now? Is this the way the universe just twisted itself up so that me, a tier one guy who tries to kick ass every single day throughout my life until I'm dead, I'm now in a comment from some Chad who's a loser talking to some other loser who's identifying himself as a uber alpha. I was like, how did this even happen? How am I even involved in this gong show of guys outcompeting guys with weird language like uber alpha male? And I mean, this as to the best of my knowledge. German and Greek together, I don't know. It's confusing. It, right. And so to the best of my knowledge, this guy has never served a, a day in his life and you know, uh, the Uber alpha male or whatever. And, and it's just this case of, I think people trying to be noticed, people trying to be not validated, but be seen, be heard, be part of something. And because they're just not doing it right. Cause they're not waking up in the morning and cracking off some push-ups. They're waking up in the morning, trying to be seen without doing any work. And, and so they've got to keep, edge lording it up until mm -hmm. they're so in your face so much bluffery that now they're 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 the only voice in the room that's being heard because they're yelling so loud and the reason that they're yelling is because they've got zero self-confidence because they've got zero skill set because they've got zero experience in the game called how to kick ass because every ass kicker that i know kind of leans against the wall, folds their arms, and smirks at the nonsense in front of them, the posery. And I, I don't know how it all went wrong, where everyone wasn't okay with just owning who they are. They, they don't want to be who they are. They want to be what they want to be. Well, that's cool. Go earn it. But in the meantime, be who you are and own that. Years back, I worked with this fellow, his name is Carmel Prime. Carmel Prime was, looked like a young version of, Vi of Vim Rames, who plays Luther in the Mission Impossible series. Yeah. Big dude. And Big we dude. were, we were, we were working somewhere and there's some guy just acting right the fool, being verbose, being brash, kind of looks at me and just smiles. So rarely is the loudest man in the room, the strongest man in the room yeah it's such it's yeah. such an accurate point um and i think a lot of it has to do with anonymity actually i think it's 
people that feel anonymous, but don't want, as you said, they don't want to put the work in to not be anonymous. And so, and if they'd actually stop and looked around, you know, within their own circle, they'd realize that they're not anonymous. They just see other people who are more than they are, who are bigger than they are, who are louder than they are, who are more in the news more often, right? And then because of that, it reflects on their own self image, self right? And then, and then they realize how anonymous they are. And then, oh my God, I'm anonymous. I need to whatever, blah. And uh, I think, you know, keeping people accountable is, is one thing. But I also think it's a lot of it has to do with the, uh, the, the way in which you respond to this bluster, right? Because no one needs, like, someone gets in my face, cool, right, man? You have, you have yourself a good day. I'm going to go that way. Right? <laughs> Just whatever. It doesn't matter. Their opinion at that point is relegated in my mind to the garbage. <laughs> Depending uh, on the circumstances. Yes, so let me just absolutely. throw you a little life lesson that my dad gave me when I was a young boy. <clears throat> he told me a story about, you know, growing up in Barnsley, tough part of England at the time. Everyone's scrapping, everyone's headbutting, the Barnsley headbutt. And so uh, he was walking down a beach at Blackpool uh, with his buddy. And uh, as he walked down, it was quite early in the morning. And that's because everyone was still coming out of the, the drink. And uh, so everyone had been drinking hard, and, and my dad was no doubt involved in it. And as he was walking down the beach with his buddy, here come a pack of guys. And as he, he was walking towards them, and they're walking towards him, of course, as is the way, you know, scrappy England with a bit of booze. I'm not saying that this happens all the time, but generally speaking, I've seen it time and time again. There's going to be a scrap. And so on the beach, circle around him, and his life lesson to me was this. So, son, when they circled around me, this is what I did. I identified the leader. And I said, how did you do that? And he said, he was the guy talking the most. And I said, oh, yeah, what did you do? And he said, that's the first guy I hit. And I said, what happened then? Well, he hit the sand. And then I looked at the next guy and said, who wants it next? And they all walked. And so that was the life lesson that I took away as a young man. Now, I'm not saying that it's the right lesson, but the lesson is this, as I interpret it. Sometimes it's good to be anonymous because you're not going to get punched in the face. There's a life lesson. <laughs> That's a great point. Um, a little bit of Jonte's <laughs> Law, a little bit of tall poppy syndrome. The uh, the nail sitting proud gets hit first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That it. That again, it's tough. It's a tough balance to find I, in, in my experience. And actually, one of the things that really uh, helped me kind of crystallize this in my mind is first off, you know, Sean, I, I love the point <laughs> of it. Uh, it's good to be honest. So you don't get punched in the face. But it's also good. There's a good lesson in there is that when it's on, it's on. And it's, there's no halfway. Let's see what happens. It's it's the game is on, and you just got to go on. Yeah, in or out. Yeah, and and, um, and hitting a guy when he's still talking, veteran move. It's actually quite satisfying, <laughs> right? Like while he's still talking, he's not fighting you yet. Yeah, and like probably has a loose jaw. Like it's probably going to work pretty well, right? Like just, unconscious mid sentence. Yep. <laughs> so satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very good way to shut someone up right just bang and they're and they're done but you also you raise a good point is that 
the people that are going to be loud that are going to be i like the word usage of verbose by the way very nice uh i haven't heard that many many a day uh those people usually in a in a built up sense they're trying to build the courage to do something with their words or be due to their words right they're trying to build that up and if you can interject that even without even physically if you can somehow catch their attention somehow break that pattern then you might be able to have a conversation with them. Yeah, that's called a pattern interrupt. And you know, one way that it works is, yeah, that was a cool story. So anyway, uh, what's next? <laughs> you know, just just hit them up with the hard reality of, wow, you you were yelling a lot. So what's your point? And they're going to yell some more, even louder, of course. And then when they're done that, so now what? And then they get to make a decision. And that's the thing. Not many people get held to their decision. They just get to build and build and build and build. And when they think it's right, then they throw a weird hockey punch. Uh, but that's not the way I like to work. I like to make them hold their accountability real close. And so it's a quick question of, oh, yeah, now what? And then they get to think. And the thinking part is the part that rarely happens, but the thinking part is the part that needs to happen the most in those next few seconds, for sure. That's a good point. The Having having had to function as a cooler, et cetera, in a variety of situations, um, when people are yelling and they're putting on the show, they know it's a show. And... In NLP, neurolinguistic programming, they talk about pacing and leading. And so there's a certain amount of like coming up to meet them. And, you know, you're supposed to try to walk them down. But in those types of situations, if you start yelling back, they just don't hear you and you just look like a lunatic. But when you smirk and you lower your voice and then you talk to them, it's a lot more chilling for them. Because the guy who was beating his chest and putting on the show, when you do that and you give him a way out, they'll take it. You give them a way Always. out, so they'll save face. And it's as simple as, right, like one of the ones that I had used regularly. And I mean, you need to be able to back it up was you can just go home. It's fine. You can walk away. You can say something about my mom. That's good. But I'm going to hurt you. If you make me do this, I'm going to hurt you. You're not going to like it. You're not going to win. It's going to hurt. But just, just walk away and, and just call me a, a goof or a chicken or whatever, right? I would I would use the language that they would normally use, but Sean already gave me a little yeah, bit of there's a There's a hatch <laughs> door right like now. Elder. So, and, and going through and throwing a, like, a little bit, bit of it in there, like I, there's nothing big and strapping about me. I look like a boy band washout. So, you know, insert homophobic slur right like you can write if you beat me up nobody's going to be proud of you it's expected but yeah. you getting you you getting tooled up by a skinny little homophobic slur like me you're going to lose a lot of credibility and i'm, I'm sure with you I'm, I'm gonna hurt you yeah and so saying that in a lower voice so only he has to hear it and be like, hey man, like it's all good, my bad. Like, like, why don't I just buy you a drink? And you raise your voice. So it's like now this guy has a way that he can save face because that's all he wants. And he doesn't actually have to do that. 
Yeah. Because when they're actually confronted with somebody that has that, you know, giant unit energy, they change. Yeah. Right. So having that kind of like leaning against the wall, giving it a smirk, right? The confidence to go through and point out what they're afraid of and use self-deprecating humor to do it, they'll walk away. It's, it's you, you got to be able to read the situation and you got to want to know what the outcome is. And so sure. it's not a case of like, I've been in these situations lots. And most of the time, I don't always choose the right outcome. Sometimes it's the outcome that I want rather than the right outcome. And so sometimes my outcome that I wanted was this, oh, you're going to get it. And so my response, instead of being a uh, a response that could have managed the situation a little bit better. It's going to be something like this. That's hilarious, you clown. Because that's where I want it to go. And so, you know, you've got to be able to read the, the situation right, but you've also got to know what your outcome is that you're seeking. And sometimes the outcomes that I seeked were not the right outcomes, baby, because I was young and I like scrapping. But now I can look back on it as a much wiser individual and realize that I never should have pushed all of those buttons all of those times and and done all of those things I could have managed it a whole lot better but boy oh boy did it ever teach me how to interpersonal relationship the hell out of those moments so you know I guess that's an important factor here that I'd like to raise is that academically speaking Everyone out there can listen to all the pro tips in the world and read all the books in the world and think, okay, now I've got a whole pile of options. But the first time that you're in the heat, you ain't going to be able to swallow because your mouth is dry. You ain't going to be able to see who's in front of it because you got tunnel vision. You ain't going to blah, 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 because everything starts shutting down. Can't even feel your hands because they're tingling so bad. And you've got to apply practical with academics. So if you listen to any of this and think, oh, that's what I'm going to do next time, or yeah, I'd like to do that. I'm going to try that. That's cool. That These are thoughts. These aren't actions. And you've got to put thought to action. Those actions would be go out on the mats, go in front of a bag, go work with someone who's been in the mix, and they're going to show you how to be in the mix. And not just in the mix of violence, not just in the mix of, of, of punching or kicking or, or choking, in the mix of messing with your little peanut in the ways that don't even require me to grab onto you. I'll scare you without grabbing you. And you need to work through those kind of things. So thoughts and actions, you have to combine them. Could not agree more yet. Ace? Uh, I, I would say going through and getting a chance to mix it up with people on a regular basis. Um, like I'm, I'm tangling with people that, fight as their job or have fought as their job all the time. I get beat up all the time. And any any altercation that I've been in in a real world situation, it's it's not with people that are trained. It's people that aren't. And it's honestly just really disappointing. Right? And like it's it's not it's not that I enjoy it because I really enjoy what I get to do and like, oh you know, there's some camaraderie and all that, but like me putting my hands on somebody and changing them, I mean, like, I'd rather not. For me, the victory is I know that this person just wants to kind of have their posture and they want to weigh out so they can do the thing. So I'm going to give them that option. Hey, man, right? Have a good day. Oh, my bad. Why don't I buy you a drink? I don't, right? Like going through and, and, and beating up Looney Tunes 
with like cans with no skill. Like, why? Like, kind of like because I liked it. it. <laughs> well, but like, because that's what but, I did. But that's because I was young. Yeah. But here's the thing. Now you go through and you tangle with guys all the time. You get that sweat on. It's like, how much do you care anymore? Well, I don't, and that that would be my point. When I was young, exactly. I was dumb and not doing it right. Yeah. But the distinction is, even though I was young and dumb and not doing it right, I was gaining experience. I wasn't seeking experience. That was just my nature. That was my drive. Sure. So all of that experience, I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw it away for any amount of money in the world because it allows me to now, much, much later, many years later, look back on that time and think, geez, I could have done all of those moments a whole lot better. But that was me then, and this is me now. And I, that's kind of how we started the conversation is I, I'm not going to anonymously not touch on uh, my past and I like to scrap and I did like I was a handful, man. I didn't do it right many times. But now I understand that through all of those mistakes, we'll call them and those experiences. But making all those mistakes, getting all of that experience allows me to be able to say it now and allows me to pass it on to others like a ripple that if you're young and like me with a certain drive and you, you've got some scrap in you, go find a place in a professional setting where you can get your scrap on, where you can do it in an environment where you're getting rid of all of your anger, your rage, your frustrations, your self-doubts, your this, that, what all of those things, whatever it is that you're working on. Or maybe it's none of that stuff. Maybe it's just you've got a drive and you want to figure that drive out. Go hit the mats, go hit the ring, go work with people who are professionals who can teach you how to manage that stuff better. Not just manage your skills, but manage yourself. Well, that's a big see, part of it. Get strong and not just, you know, do the Russian roulette of whether you get hepatitis or not, right? Yeah. Had it. It's not great. <laughs> this is this is one of the points I wanted to bring up was the fact that there is the issue with anonymity, especially in an altercation, is that usually the first person to throw is the anonymous one and therefore when you retaliate you are no longer anonymous <laughs> and usually people see what happens next they don't see what happened first they see what happens next so when that first punch gets thrown and you you know goshi that person and throw his throw him on the cement what they see is just you wrap up dude and toss him. They don't see that first punch. And you are then no longer anonymous because everybody's looking at you. And it's very challenging to do that, to be under those situations. Verbalizing. So, verbalizing is part of it. And this is, you know, one of the things I, I work with the, uh, the students at my school with is that I tell them that exact same thing. Like you need to understand that people are not going to see the in the beginning of the altercation so the longer and more openly you can communicate to the world what is happening hey Correct. leave me alone don't touch me that kind of stuff the better um but that's that's part of it is that you have to give up some of that anonymity of your everyday like i don't want anybody to kind of i don't want to mess with anybody right now you have to give that up in order to make sure that everyone's looking at you so that you don't <laughs> then become the target of reprisals or um, after the fact kind of stuff. It's again, it's a very, it's a fine line. I find just this trying to not trying to be anonymous, but living your own life without putting yourself into the mix at all times. So uh, you're right. It is. And you know, uh, an easy way to figure all of that out that, you know, what the right balance is, is just do you 
I do me. Any content that I put up, if I ride today or if I, if I throw a javelin today, if I try to fly a plane today and there's any footage on it, it's just me doing me and it's no big deal. I don't even think about it. I just do. Mm. And I've been doing for a long time. And so nothing that I'm doing is airs or, or artificial. If, if there's anything weird that I'm doing and you think, oh, that's weird, I've probably been doing it for a long time. So just do you, whatever that means, and along the way, you'll figure it out. Yeah. Any thoughts? One, one of the things that I, I prefer about Instagram over Facebook is Facebook is essentially a Stasi officer's wet dream. It's a giant nick. I've never done ask. Facebook. You're better for it. Um, and it's, it's just a giant lick analysis chart. Uh, yeah. It's under your real name, it, typically, right? Like you want to go through and find out who people are related to and who they used to date and blah, 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 blah. It's all under your real name. Um, I prefer Instagram because there's a lot more anonymity there. And so people are tending to just post the stuff that they're interested in. There's no long form back and forth as far as no expectation of it. So from running a business, it's a lot better too. Um, but there's no... The comment section is not set up well to have these long discourses that you would get into back on Facebook about whether, you know, whether people should be having abortions or spanking their kids. Like, well, I'm glad I never did Facebook. Yeah. Well, again, you're better for it, right? Um, I, I initially, when I set Facebook up, I misunderstood what it was and I'd set it up for a business that I was running. I set it up for a gym. And it was a gym where we were teaching, uh, teaching Krav Maga. Um, and we were the first gym in that area uh, to be doing anything with kettlebells. Right? Um, that was back in like 2007. Uh, there wasn't even a CrossFit gym in that city at the time. Um, and so I set it up and it's like I set up for my gym. It's like, right, like put in my name, put in my, you know, my age. Like, who, who are we interested in? Men and women, absolutely. Everyone's welcome, right? Like short, tall, right? Don't care about your color. Men, women, everyone's welcome. Well, I didn't realize what that was. And then everyone, you know, apparently it was about my dating preferences. And I was like, oh. And then I, and then, and then there'd be this thing where people show up and uh, to my gym and they'd like be, for whatever reason, crushing my profile and like going through. And then they'd be like, it's kind of like, it'd be like, I walk, I'd see that walk in one day and it just kind of like a little bit. Cause this is, rural Saskatchewan, right? Pitch clock back 20 years. When Nickelback came out, everyone loved it because it sounded just like the just like the music from the 80s. Yeah. Right. And so they're like, oh man, like this is this is the best because it was, you know, we're still driving like 80s Camaros around in the you know late 90s. Right. So it's fine. Right. Skid row and leather jackets and torn jeans and you either had long hair or a shaved head and that was it. Yeah. Right. And so I was like, oh, and then I realized this was a thing. And then I just thought it was funny. So I never changed it. But like it. Yeah, because I didn't care. Right. I was like, whatever. (laughs) But like to watch people just like so people start digging into. Right. How does this tie into anonymity? Because people start going through and digging into what it is they can find online about me. And then all of a sudden I'd see this like there's this shift. And then to be this like kind of like dancing around for a few months as they like somehow like would try to bring up in a conversation casually about what my sexual orientation is. 
I was like, no. Like, well, like, yeah, like it, it, it says this on Facebook. And I was just like, oh, yeah. And they're like, so I was like, what? Right. Yeah. Just to like mess with them. Right. So people will go through when you don't have anonymity or they will start digging up whatever they can to try to pin whatever thought process or predisposition that they have onto you. And yeah. so I was like, oh, so I just use it as a way to like weed people out. If this was like, if someone was just kind of a jerk and was like something like that was going to really bother them, eh, whatever. You're probably not going to get along with the rest of them. Whatever. Yeah. It, this is a, uh, like, a, this is the reason why I wanted to bring it up because it, it's a kind of a fine line. I know lots of people that like to be really anonymous and don't want to be involved in any of the social media or outside world very much. But I also know. Oh, hopefully they're changing themselves and knowing that they're not changing too many others. Exactly. Um, and the I have other people who I know who just are social butterflies, kind of like myself, apparently. <laughs> and so, uh, unfortunately, Sean's got to run. He's got an appointment he has to run to because his thumbs are not thummy. But uh, any any final thoughts? Anything uh, before we shut her down? Ace, anything burning in the back of your brain? Um, we shut her down? I think that uh, like when we're talking about edge lords and stuff like that, and people want to, you know, put out inflammatory remarks and attention-seeking behavior. I think that a lot of it comes from boredom, and I think yeah. that a lot of kind of the mental finger quotes, mental health crisis, and you know, this existential search for meaning. A lot of it has to do with boredom, right? There's a lot of people that are finger quotes depressed, and I think that they're just bored. And if they were to live more interesting lives, and I mean, just get really into Magic the Gathering or Jujitsu or whatever your shtick is, that if they focused a lot more on just being excited about something that uh, a lot of that stuff clear up, right? They wouldn't be looking to have the, the edgy, the edgy quip or, you know, be talking about how they're depressed or whatever, right? They need to have something that they're excited about and they catch themselves thinking about and daydreaming about. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Sean, anything last points? Yeah, I agree. Boredom is a large problem. There's many large problems. Border boredom being one of them. You know what gets rid of boredom? Massive amounts of fatigue. Because mm-hmm. you don't think you're bored when you're freaking super tired. So, you know, go get your healthy dose of massive fatigue. That'll yeah. be helpful for your boredom. Uh, the topic and anonymity, we scratched again the surface. There's many things that we could have teased out of this. Uh, I will leave this with everyone because I think it's really critical that you sit down and take a moment after this podcast and consider what kind of game are you playing? Are you in the game for yourself or are you in the game to cause ripples? They're both very different games. One is good. The other one's good. And it depends on your phase of life and it depends on who you are and what you're trying to accomplish as an outcome for the species. So, you know, are you a rock or are you the rock that gets thrown in the still lake? You get to decide. I love that. That's a great way to end the uh, the show. Thank you very much, Ace, for joining us once again great conversation and for the rest of us who you know we've we i think all of us here have learned we've built new concepts of anonymity and we have grown as human beings we'll uh we'll continue this chat tomorrow chimo everybody chimo <laughs>